and you look at the market and you say, what are, what's the behavior of the people I'm serving and what are the things that are going to influence their decision making and their actions in the future? What technology trends are happening or whatever those variables are that are impacting your market, your product, your service, uh, even your people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you start to think about how do you influence those variables, right? right. And how do you get intentional with, with preparing for what's to come? This is Zach Johnson coming to you here, uh, I Sell Podcast. We are coming from Door-to-Door uh, -door Con 2020, Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, it's actually episode one for us, so it's, it's kind of exciting, and I think that's going to kind of feed into what we talk about here. Um, what we're here to talk about is, is sometimes I think people come up with ideas. Uh, everyone's got a lot of great ideas. I think application and uh, just going out and getting it is, is the part that people miss on. They don't execute on just the idea. I think uh, perfection can sometimes be an enabler uh, to not go and do it. And so I think with all of your background, I mean, a lot of business exits, right? Um, building a, a pretty big brand in the space. Um, maybe we can touch on some ideas that maybe came to you uh, early on, maybe younger, and like how you decided to just take on it and just go for it. Okay. Oh, and let me let maybe introduce yourself too. Sure. Hey, my, I'm Zach Kerr, uh, Chief Strategy Officer at SalesRabbit. SalesRabbit's a, a SaaS platform for deskless sales reps who are out in the field on the go. We, uh, we have a whole solution suite there. But uh, yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for, for decades. I've been venturing for you know, 17, 18 years. I've had a variety of businesses. I've been in a variety of industries. I uh, was lucky at a young age to get my teeth knocked out in business. I've, I've been through a few down cycles where you know, you, 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 your foundation is, is gone and uh, you got to rebuild. And um, I think there's a lot of stories like that in, in obviously entrepreneurialism. Uh, some people overuse those stories to magnetize and attract people because we, we relate and connect to failure right. more than we do success it's as so human beings, right? Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of times people use those narratives and messages of, of failure to attract an audience and or connect with people around failure and then teach a pattern or process for success and growth and, and how to work through that. Right. And when you're an entrepreneur or, or a, a self-led you know, organization, a solopreneur or something, you know, you're, you're constantly interfacing with opposition. You're constantly interfacing with trying to organize elements in your business, in your personal life, and, and bring them together in a way that allows you to create value inside of a marketplace and then right. be able to monetize that. And so, um, so anyways, I think, uh, you know, entrepreneurial background for me, I've uh, mm -hmm. been through some cycles, I've had some wins and some exits and things, and, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm just at the beginning stage of my career, which is fun and exciting. And, right. Yeah. So what, did, what do you feel like, like, you know, what was the first thing that, like, you're like, I want to be an entrepreneur? I think that's a really important question, because I think some people discover it really early, and yeah. some people, I think it becomes a realization, like, I have to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, or sometimes people just arrive there, right. you know, and it's not intentional. Um, they, they, they find, you know, for whatever reason, life has baked them into a position where they're like, oh, this is like, it's, this is part of what's going on, or I've had this thing that accidentally turned into something of value, and now I'm going to do more with it. I all of a sudden became, you know, popular on Instagram because of some post, and now well, how do I leverage this channel, Correct. this following, or, 
you know, my, I, my uncle had a business and there was some opportunity it wasn't nurturing and I just took it and started doing something with it. Sometimes the universe just aligns behind you. And was, that, was that your experience was, so, was, was so your uncle's business? I, I would say that um, at, the, at the core of, of my being is, is a desire to be highly intentional uh-huh. uh, and, and to create. And so um, that manifests itself in, in business. Some people have that desire and it manifests, them, manifests through music, through art, right. uh, through some other form, creative form. For me, it was business and I love organizing the elements that create a marketplace, that create value. Um, and, and so uh, I think I, I was kind of self-led to that. Um, and I've had, a, a, just like I said, a variety of ventures and things, a lot, some that have failed, some that have been good. Um, what was that first thing, though, for you with the, with the uncle's business? What was the... Uh, no, so I was just using that example. Oh. But my first thing was a skateboard shop. When I was, you know, uh, 13, I got uh, exposed to a skateboard shop. We built a skateboard park. Mm-hmm. And I worked for someone at a really young age and, you know, learned... Entrepreneurial learned guy. Some basic, some basic, you know, business aspects. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, selling. So I've done a lot of sales, direct sales, door-door sales selling different products and services, you know, that's a phenomenal education amongst itself. And then I've done stuff in real estate. Um, I've bounced around, done stuff in diet. Um, I've got a few different businesses today. Um, and, and so I think what you're asking is, is like, hey man, you know, how did you get there? What, what was it that caused you to arrive to a place where, you, you know, you're, you're doing your, your own business, entrepreneurial stuff? I think the thing for me is when, when, you know, looking at a guy like you, I think everyone know, like I know the steps that you that you took to get there it was a lot of hard work and it was dedication it was taking those down cycles and turning them into positives right and saying like man this sucks i got my teeth bashed in but like i'm not gonna stop going for it Mm -hmm. so i think for me it's like you know people i think sometimes look at this and they go hey i'm at this point in my life and i'm still a sales rep right i'm at this point in my life and man i thought so much uh more would happen for me Mm -hmm. and so what i'm wondering is what was the spark in you that like engages when you're like, no, there is like no give up in this attitude, right? Because like coming from a skateboard shop, right? Yeah. And doing that, that's a whole different like mm. industry, right? That's a whole different mindset, right? I've been around a lot of people like that and I know kind of what that mindset looks like, right? There's a lot of creation, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of kind of, uh, I don't know, less than maybe more moral compass, right? When it comes to like some of that environment, right? There's a lot of partying, a lot of drugs, a lot of stuff like that. So my, my question is when, like, what was it for you that was like, I have to win when it comes to sales or creating a business. Like, what was that spark that was like, oh shit, like I can't go backwards now? I think the biggest thing was just always having a desire in my core heart, my core being, to, you know, uh, create the life I want to create, live the way I want to live, not be acted upon by a job or some other force. And, the, you know, it's funny because we talk about that, but like, if you look at most business owners, they're, they're the most captive people ever. They're captive to their employees, they're captive to their systems and processes. They haven't actually built businesses that enable them to be free. And especially in the home improvement space, you constantly hear this, you go to, you go to these seminars and it's like, oh, you know, you wanna work on the business, not in the business. Right. And we hear that all the time, it's so cliche. And it's mm-hmm. like, so that's it, the desire of most people's hearts. It's like, you started a business, you're building a business, but you're captive to your business and you can't actually do that much. It's because they didn't actually build systems and processes right. and they don't have a culture that allows people to become their very best and grow and they're not thinking strategically enough in their business and so they end up doing rudimentary business leadership. Right. And so 
you know, to me, I'm like, that's uninteresting. Right. That's not interesting. It really isn't. It's not. It's like, cool, you created a job for yourself, right? So how do you move out of that box into the next box where you're a business owner or you're an investor? You know, uh, well, there really isn't so much of a box term, right? You're, you're kind of floating in the space of create a, a real creation, right? You can actually strategically look at this and say, hey, I can move this piece, this piece, and this piece, and actually get a different result or a different outcome, right? Yeah. And like, especially in the space you're in, I think looking at it's constantly like once one thing is out, it's like instantly the next thing, right? You're thinking three, four moves ahead. Um, and what, what does that like being a strategic officer in that way, like how do you maybe take some of those thoughts that come in and, and decipher how you're gonna take you know, your path? There's, yeah, so, there's so many paths. Yeah, and, and so when you're, when you're thinking about what's happening in my business, what's going to be happening, what's happening in other people's businesses, what's going to be happening in their business, what's happening in my market, what's going to be happening in my market, and you're looking ahead, you know, obviously it allows you to, to, to position for what's coming. And so, you, you know, there's no diff it's no different than science when you create a theory and then you try and prove it, right? Right. And the same thing, you use logic, you use deductive reasoning, and you look at the market and you say, what are, what's the behavior of the people I'm serving and what are the things that are going to influence their decision making and their actions in the future? What technology trends are happening or whatever those variables are that are impacting your market, your product, your service, uh, even your people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you start to think about how do you influence those variables, right? right. And how do you get intentional with, with preparing for what's to come? And so um, unfortunately, most businesses uh, you know, spend most of their time just running and operating their business and not thinking two years and five years down the road, right? And so... Very, uh, very lack of vision. Yeah, and I just think that like, hey, if you can start with the end in mind... Absolutely. Right? That way, you know, your vision isn't just a quarter of what you could become. Your vision is 100% or 110% of what you could become. And then you grow into that and that vision doesn't uh, that vision outlasts you, right? Right, absolutely, and, and yeah. So, and, and a lot of people figure out, like they come back and they refresh their vision and they, they think a bigger picture and, they, and then they up-level their organization's capacity to that, that space. Right. You know, John Maxwell talks about removing the lid, um, you know, the ceilings. Um, I think that's a good theory. But uh, look, I think the fun part of business is, is when you're, you're being intentional and you're, you're empowered with uh, agency, uh, resources, people, leadership around you, systems and processes that enable you to move in the direction that you intentionally want to go. I think business without that is uninteresting. It's, it's, it doesn't... It's, it's, very, it's very black and white. Well, it's just not very enriching, you know? Right. Even if you're making great money, great, mm -hmm. you know? And so do, do you own a business because you want to have a great income or do you own a business because you want to create something that, that does certain things. And, and it's interesting because you watch people mature in their desires and motivations. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's plenty of people that are like, oh, I've, I've made the money that I need in my life. And, and now I'm, I'm doing this because I'm cause driven or, you know, I've really started to care about this certain community. And so I'm going to use my business as a platform to grow resources to, to, to serve this initiative or objective or mission that personally I care about, my spouse and I care about. Or, and so, I think that that's, that's the fun part of, of business is when it enables you to be more intentional right. with a bigger stewardship and more resources. True enrichment an through, through business. I mean, right? I yeah. mean, that's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah, and if you look at the millennial generation, right, they want meaningful work. They don't want to go in and do, you know. They, they want a mission. Yeah, they want a mission. They want cause. They want purpose. And, and you can create that with any business, with any product, with any industry. It's, 
it, it's it, it's injecting it with narratives and reasoning and purposes and values. What's our why? But but you yes. What's our why? And and you're you know you have to act on the hard stuff. You can't just say it. You've got to live it, breathe it, and do it. And so if you're you know, if one of the core aspects of your company is to support a certain nonprofit foundation and do certain good things in your community, and that's a that's a driving purpose. That's one of the narratives that causes your millennial workforce to attach to and, and be driven. You know, well, they rally behind that. Yes, then, it's amazing what that that vision becomes for those people, right? It's it's like we 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 in in our business we donate just like a very small amount from each project to charity and like I was like hey I really want you know you guys to be engaged in deciding what charity it is for the year and to watch the engagement is oh my gosh I could sell this so much and they it all of a sudden it came away from the actual sale of what we're selling yep to like I can't wait to sell this charity we're donating to yep you know and like that engagement is so it's like it's like a light bulb you see it and you're like wow like that really this like a hundred dollars from that project turned your whole job into something so much bigger than yep. yourself yep I think everyone is trying to find that like what is your calling that's bigger than you and people are so good. People are intrinsically amazing. Right. And when you give them something that is purposeful, right, they do more with that than, hey, do the specific job or role. And so... And they go so much farther. They go so much farther. They do it so much better. It just... You, you, you draw out the, the core, you know, powers of their being. And, you know, I believe this. I believe that people are the real asset in life. It's not things, really it's not homes, it's not cars, it's not, it's not material things. None of those things have value if there aren't people in the picture to enjoy them. And so when you understand that people are the true asset, you begin to think differently as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a colleague, as an employee, as a team member, as a neighbor, as a spouse, as a father, as a, you know, a husband, wife. I mean, you just look at the world differently because you, your, your perspective is correct now and you begin to treat people differently and you begin to try and enrich all your exchanges with people in a different way with more value and um, and so you know we live in a society today that puts the focus on us as individuals and if we can reverse that of course and put the focus on other people and serve people um, then we can create value for them and we can create greater meaning greater purpose in, in our everyday interactions and businesses that, su that will sustain and have continuity and growth in them are businesses that figure out how to inject meaning and purpose for their team and for their customers. And I think, uh, of course, you have to couple that with a successful you know, business model. Right, absolutely, um, yeah. But, but yeah, so um, I think we live in a really exciting time in, uh, in business. Um, I think we live in a time where there's a lot of uh, tr transitioning happening around how we view work right. as people. And so I think we should be paying attention to that and figuring out how to create meaningful work for people. I love that. I love the thought image of, of the mansion, the car, and all this stuff, and if the people are just non-existent. I mean, what a, what a picture, right? That, that, that it means nothing. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. The people are really the, the value in the, in the whole picture of, of life. It's a really powerful image um, so we were talking last night about your employees and the retention and, and the, the success you're having with pretty a small organization right and that would have to be accredited I'd say to culture 
We're, we're known for having a, a good team member culture, a company. Um, you know, uh, like any organization, we have attrition and we lose employees, right? People right. are in a mission in life and they're constantly increasing and wanting to go do other things. We have people who come into our company and work there for two years and move on and go do other things. Happy for them too. Exactly, and you have to change your attitude about that, right? Like, um, people just don't hold jobs and careers as long as they used to. And so I think that there's still this uh, remnant uh, thinking of do everything you can to keep your people in your company as long as possible. Right. And certainly that's a great value, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's also an aspect of saying, People just don't work in roles as long, and so how do we build a model around that allows for fluidity right. and allows people to come in and go out and come back? Because we see that. There's a lot more value there too, isn't there? There's like, it's a whole different way of thinking. They can come out, learn something, come back to the business and be maybe a 10 time better employee than they were when they left. We see that. We see that happen. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we have a people first, business second culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, uh, immature entrepreneurs put business first and people second. Right. Um, advanced entrepreneurs and business owners understand that people are where all the value starts and people then create products, people then create services, and people then manage and exercise management and leadership over those products and services to ensure that they're being properly used in the marketplaces by the people that are buying them and, and consuming them. And so at the end of the day, people always hold the value, you know? people are, are, are where your value is. And so how do you build a business culture and what do you do to encourage those people to have an experience every day at work? I love that. I love that. We're, we're, we're such an experience-driven people now. Um, we care about experiences. We want to have good experiences. We want to have positive experiences. We want to have ex experiences that cause expansion. Sometimes we, we hunger and crave for experiences that that make us vulnerable, that make us grow, that make us right. do things we wouldn't do on our own. And, and as a company, you have so much opportunity to bring so much value to your team by taking them on adventures and experiences that bring them together, or help their human life value increase and grow. And I think that's one of the coolest things. If, if you get your values right as a, a business leader it, and you look at it and you can learn to love watching your people grow and expand, it makes it easier to invest in them. And I've never found better investments than investing in people. You know, there's, there's, there's just no better return than, than helping people grow. So yes, at our company, culture is a big deal. And um, there are a lot of things that we do to, to ma maintain and manage that culture. S systems, processes, activities, events, things we do. But the biggest thing that we do is we hire right and we fire right. So, you know, and we have a commitment to doing both those things. So being slow and methodical in who we hire, putting them through systematic interviewing that's, that's really like focused, but then also f being quick to fire when, when you notice things that, that where there's not alignment, you know. Um, and to really protect the culture. Protect the culture, protect the people, protect the produ productivity, the experience. It's amazing how much one person good or bad can affect the business in just such a massive way, right? The scale is, is massive. In the heart of the, the sales position of the podcast and, and the radio show, yeah. what, what do you think, you know, we talk, it's people, right? Every, everything in the conversation is coming back to people because that is the big thing. Mm -hmm. That is like, that, that is the piece. Yeah. I think so many people are chasing the money or they're chasing the car, they're chasing the mansion. They're not chasing the amazing people that they can surround themselves with, right? They can, they can really help up-level people. 
when it comes to sales, I think sometimes sales gets a bad rap about like, uh, here's the pitch, this is the opinion, you know, or this is the options that you have, these are the paths you take, this is how it goes and it becomes such a A to B to C with people and we kind of lose that, that, that um, connection with people I think. Uh, sometimes when we see some of these, these organizations that pitch this very specific training, what do you think from a people's standpoint when you're looking at like selling B2B uh, customers that really engage the people that come into the booth, right? Or the people who come to, to buy something from you. How do you make that a very people to people transaction versus a, just a business transaction? Okay, so first of all, uh, the fundamental is, is that you value people over business so that your heart, incentives, and interest is right. And having the moral and ethical discipline to be committed to helping that prospective customer find what it is they're looking for, whether that's your product or someone else's. And so you have to take an advisory role. You have to see yourself as an advisor. And then you have to be committed to helping them get value. And you have to, you have to be willing to say no to some people. And great salespeople will tell people no. Well, I'm not the right fit for you based on what you're telling me and they're willing to look on. And, and the power that comes from that is they can then look their next prospect in the eye and their, their, their sense of energy and commitment around their product is pure and it's clean and people feel energy. People are not dumb. We, we are barometers, you know. Humans are barometers of energy and, and, and so when you are able to go into a sale and your energy is, is right, right? Um, I think that influences the cell because cell is cells is a transference of energy. It's a transference of emotions, right. and uh, there's a logical explanation around every cell because people have to mentally understand as well as feel. Um, and so that's 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 the first thing I think is just valuing people first and being committed to, to creating value. And it's such a simple paradigm change because when when your incentive is greed or to capture commission, right? People can sense and feel that. But, but if, you're, if your incentive is, is because you like seeing value get exchanged and, and you like seeing people get what they want and you're able to steer and guide them as, a, as an advisor to what they want, it's more gratifying for everybody. It's just this, the energy of a sale feels better. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of my initial thought is, is, and, you know, when you think about, you know, a good question is, is would, would you be comfortable seeing your customer that you sold today or this week in the grocery store next week or a month later or a year later, right. you know, because you did right by them, yeah. you know, and it's a, it's, a, it's a privilege to run into your past prospects and customers, or are you kind of, you know, afraid to interface with them because, you know, maybe you did them You sold them really good that yeah, really yeah. didn't have the value behind it. Yeah. I think it's super cool. So it's, it's you know, be, be willing to say no. Right? A lot of times the customers that you push to sell that should have been the no are the biggest headaches right? and the biggest problems because you're not able to provide the value they needed. And then it's also just bringing it back to like this, how can I provide true value and pure intent and understand like what my value is that I'm bringing to the, to the space. And this applies to recruiting and bringing people into your company. It's willing to say no to those that just don't fit inside of your framework of what you're trying to offer in a marketplace. And so many people, you know, f try and force a relationship, whether it be with a customer to get a commission. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to close them, I'm hard close them. And there's some value in that because there are certain buyer profiles that need to be closed. They need a someone to help them make that commitment, right? Right. And there are sales tactics that that work wonderful for that, and, and sales principles. 
But when you couple those tactics and principles with good energy and a good sense of moral commitment to helping someone find the products and services that they really want that you know are going to bring them delight, mm -hmm. it becomes so much more powerful to exercise and practice those principles. And I think that it applies too with your hiring. You know, you, If you're recruiting a sales team and you're trying to build that team aggressively and you're trying to force people into your organization and get them excited, it just if it's not done on principle, it doesn't last. You know, and I just think that that's so powerful when you have a set of principles that are universally true and you abide by those and you live by those principles and they govern you in your personal life and your business life. Because in the world that we live in today, you know, the, the old saying, don't take it personal, it's just business. That, that's bull crap, right? Business and personal, it's all one and the same. How you are at home is how you are in the office. How you are in, in, in your customer's home is how you are, at the, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and the more you can align all that and be the same person in all situations and circumstances, the more personal power and presence you're going to have as a human being. Yeah, just the congruency is so Congruency pure. is so critical, right? It's so critical. And, and we've talked a little bit about intentionality and creating. And part of that is being present in the moment. It's being here now in the moment. I wear this, this, uh, this is be here now on my, my, my uh, bracelet here. And I love that because it's, it says, I'm going to be present in the moment with the person in front of me. Nothing says you don't value your colleague, your spouse, your team more than staring at this box in front of them when they're trying to talk to you. And I would be lying if I say, I don't have that challenge. It's hard for me too, man. My beautiful little children nagging at me, daddy, 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 and I have to say it six times. That's embarrassing, man. Really, yeah. you know? And so, so I think being present uh, is an immediate way to distinguish yourself Mm -hmm. with your your people around you and show them that you value and care them for them you know yeah just being pre present 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 the, the thing that so we had the, the the session last night and i had four people come up to me that were reps and it's a question that i think it, that i really like on the on the conversation topic we're on i think would be great is the question was all centered around like how do i wake up in the morning and get motivated how do i get juiced how do i get jacked and i was trying to explain it and the words just couldn't come to me but it, it, it ties to this presence it's like when when you're focused on the right here the right now you don't need to focus on getting uh, pumped up or juiced up and, and i kind of just curious about uh, your kind of theory on, on that maybe on uh what do, you, what do you say to somebody who's like i just need the i need the motivation how do i get up and do this every day yeah yeah. So I, the first thing I would say are what are your patterns and habits and behaviors? Because those are what are going to determine if you have energy or not. You know, um, sure, caffeine's a great thing. I drink lots of caffeine every day. But caffeine is not a source of motivation or energy. It's, 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 a, it's something that supplements how you physically feel. Right. And sometimes, you know, how, how clear your mind is. But principles, right, belief systems... Uh, patterns of living, practices, behaviors, those are the things that create motivation. When, you're, when you feel like your life has momentum, when you feel like you have progress already happening, it makes it easier and it's, the path is more clear as to what you should do today and, and how you should be living because you have things that are happening and you've built momentum and you've got energy or maybe you have kinetic energy that's waiting to be acted upon. And so that's what I would say is, you know, if you're going to bed, you know, and, and you're not looking forward to the next day, and not to say that we don't experience things in our lives, that we're emotional human beings. There are times when we're acted upon and we don't have 
a high degree of intentionality because we're down or we're working through something that's difficult and we're not motivated and that's okay. I think part of the power is just acknowledging that you're a human being and that your emotions and your capabilities ebb and flow and that's okay. You know, we're all wanting to be intentional. We're all wanting to be powerful creators and leaders, but there are moments where we're not, you know, where, and, and for me, I think there's, there's personal power in acknowledging when that is because it makes you authentic. There's nothing right. worse than like someone who's a, uh, putting on a, a facade. You know, I don't want to be connected with that person. I want to be around people that are, that are themselves. They're, they are who they are in all situations and circumstances. And they've, they, they have a sense of honesty in their being and presence. That's, that's cool. I want to be around people like that. And so um, I think it's cool to admit where, where you are and where you are not and to, sh to showcase your vulnerabilities and be committed to working through whatever that is. You know, um, there's no need to, to, to put on you know, this facade of success. That's something that drives me crazy. You know, we don't magnetize to, to facades of success. If, if you want to draw people in, you know, into your life, into your world, into your stewardship, into your business, who are attracted to all these things, that's, you're going to get those type of people. Right. If you want to attract powerful beings who are creators, who can act and do amazing things, be that way and you'll attract those type of people yeah, the around you. The authentic, the energy, like the, the authenticity, right? I mean, that's what you, like, I mean, that is the truth. Like the real power comes in the authenticity. And if you're authentic, you're going to attract a lot more authentic people to your business. Because yeah. they can feel it. There is an energy in the room, right? There is an energy. And, uh, you know, we've been taught so long that we have to be powerful and we have to be courageous and we have to be all these things. Well, there's, there's a tremendous amount of power in, in talking about what you are not and what you are becoming. And, and people attract that because like I said, like we started, you know, um, people relate to failure. They relate to pain. They relate to hardship. There's a reason why in movies and plays and public speeches, people talk about hardships and overcoming. Because as human beings, we're all constantly overcoming hard things. And at times we go through seasons of life where we don't have hard things and life's pretty smooth. But at some point, something is gonna happen. Someone's gonna die. Something that we, you know, something's gonna fall apart. I mean, we live in, the, in a world where, you know, there's atrophy and decay. And so your people need to know that they can believe in you and that you're not gonna put positive spin on everything and, and that you're gonna be real with them. Uh, so, so I think those are, those are some of the things, you know, there's, there's so much to life and figuring it out. Um, it's really neat. We live in a, in a world today where, where we have so much availability of leadership and, and truth and, and powerful principles, right? Yeah. Um, so. Well, man, I really appreciate the time. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. It awesome. kind of went full circle. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the first episode. I really appreciate yep. it, man. Okay. Hey, thank thanks. you.